Fresh out of college. Fresh out of college. You're in charge. Yeah. Fresh out. Yeah. <laughs> they were crazy. Uh, they didn't have enough money to afford anybody else. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I loved it, you know, mm. um, I, I, I didn't love the detail part of being an accountant, mm. um, but I, I loved the job. And so I, mm. we were, and actually sold that company 18 months into it because it was, that industry was under consolidation. Yeah. So I got an opportunity to kind of lay Yeah. The M&A mm. director mm. for uh, the, AMR at the time, which okay. uh, she actually went on to be the M&A director for, um, and I saw her the other day, uh, M&A director for uh, Ernst & Young. So I got oh, wow. just incredible experience wow. and had a blast. I was, that guy had some challenges in his business and I went and negotiated some things. That hmm. As a kinda, young guy with no experience. 22 years old, man. Wow. I was in front of the, in the IRS's office working a deal out with him. This is Paul with the IT Company, and welcome to the Made Right Here podcast. Did you know that uh, more than 6% of U.S. adults have some type of alcohol disorder? It takes about 100,000 lives a year. It's a sobering topic. Our guest today, John Sharp, his story intersects with alcoholism in a lot of different ways. On today's episode, he's very honest and raw about that story and also just the ways that he has worked in his life and the way God has worked in his life and the way others have worked in his life to help him overcome the addiction and the disease that is alcoholism. And there's so much more to John's story. John is a friend and a gregarious, fun-loving, incredible person to be around. So I think you're going to enjoy it, and I think you're going to be inspired by episode one with John Sharp. John Sharp, a, a, a myriad of company names that we could, but Staff Source is probably the one, or ARG from the past, right? That was the previous name. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so we initially when we started with ARG, um, figured out that that probably we could improve the brand. And so I think I actually paid like $13,000 for that. The interesting, the domain of staff source. I oh, saw. Huh. So, and I, um, I like simplicity. Yeah. And, uh, it was 2009. You remember 2009, uh, actually yeah. the winter of 08 to 09. I do remember that time. That's it was when my life was going to hell, but yeah. Next level brutal <laughs> when I saw this thing. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know sure what my life was doing other than I had no money, but I had $13,000 and I spent it on StaffSource.com. Staff staff nice. And it was, it was, uh, it was a really good investment. Yeah. So StaffSource. And, and now we have Marvel as well, HR, which is an HR brand. So we're your HR department. Yeah. Okay. As you know, we're right. your HR department, inclusive of technology, payroll, and we meet with our customers and help program and design, you know, really a world-class uh, work experience for their team members. Awesome. So that's okay. what Marvel's doing. Cool. Well, I want to get in as we get towards the end, I want to get into a little bit more because I know Marvel is the new thing. So I want to talk about that, but thanks for being a part of this. I know you don't know why you're here, but I we'll, kind of don't we'll know. We'll why soon I'm here. find out. And for anybody that doesn't know what happens is you have to be led down into a basement, <laughs> kind of like a dungeon. Nobody knows. Yeah, On the video, you can't tell where you're really at. Well, it's there's lime green concrete. So <laughs> I'm trying to make sure just in case I don't get out of here, awesome. somebody can find me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, we're, let's start from the beginning. You were, where are you born? Where'd you grow up? So really what we're going to talk about is like zero to 17. I'll walk you through it, but zero to 17. So like, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Tell me a little bit about that. So I was born in Knoxville. Uh, obviously, originally from here. My, both my parents were uh, from the area. Both lived out east. 
like rural east. Okay. Like uh, straw plains east? Like straw plains. Further? Like, no, like straw plains. Okay. So um, about really where I live now. So this track. That's the family property. That is the family property. We live in a single wide trailer, uh, a Clayton home. You grew up? Yeah. In a single wide you trailer? Did, you didn't know that? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, on, on a oh, farm. Really? Actually. Okay. Uh-huh. Very scared of cows. Um, you were? Oh man, have you seen it? Have you been next to a cow? I have. Those things are big when you're they are large. three or four or five years old. They're very big. They're very big. Especially a bull. So yeah, bulls. Yeah. Well, bulls are still bulls are still a lot to wrangle with. Yes. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I uh, grew up on a trailer on this farm. And were, your, were your parents farmers? No, okay. my parents weren't farmers. My grandfather actually owned the farm, rented the rented the place to my parents, and what he would do was. Things like this. He was he was a businessman, although he was a school teacher. He would uh, he dug a water. The story was he dug a water line, okay. and then he sold them the hay to put on the water line, and then he'd let his cows out to go eat the hay, and so then he'd make him put the replace the hay that was gone off the water line. <laughs> he just making money off of. Like, and he was a school it. teacher. He was a school teacher. Okay. Yeah, I run into people now, and they're like, he sold pencils for five cents per pencil. And it was the only pencil you could lose, use in his class. Isn't that good? <laughs> and a monopoly. <laughs> yeah, a monopoly. Like, People yeah. remember it too. It was like, oh, you're, this, awesome. you're A. Sam Kennedy's grandson. I was like, yeah. So I, your mom's dad? My, uh, my paternal grandfather, yes. Okay. Yeah. Were you close to them? I was pretty close to him. So yeah. I stayed there uh, quite a bit when I was young, like, you know, early years. Um, interesting experience. And we would go to the farm and, you know, I, so I would get, leave the farm, go get dropped off at their house and come back to the farm okay. and just do whatever you would do. So they didn't actually live on the farm. They uh, lived in, in town or something. No, my parents and your grandparents, my grandparents, right. They okay. lived, they lived over in a community called Ramsey. Okay. About probably two miles down okay. the road. Huh. So your parents, were they, did they, as far as growing up, stay married, were they intact the whole time. They were intact the whole time. Okay. Yeah. They were intact the whole time. And you have siblings. I have two. I have a brother that's 18 months younger than me his name is eric and then my sister is seven years younger oh wow! and so yeah so uh when uh my sister was born i guess they said my dad screwed himself right out of the trailer (laughs) (laughs) did he not he didn't know (laughs) of course he knew man so i mean were they planning like was this like hey let's have another kid i have no idea i didn't i mean that's not anything i I was seven year difference i mean that's like they they either couldn't have kids for a while and like all of a sudden they could or they were were like oops they had a lot to deal with my brother and i I mean we were pretty we were pretty rowdy yeah so you know we were we were out into everything and you know rolling it up and down they probably just said oh we gotta chill out a little bit we're not sure if we want to do this again you know (laughs) we we terrorized some babysitters i still have babysitters like you and your brother were a lot 18 months apart that is a lot yeah Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot. Two boys. That's you mean a lot to handle. 18 months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For no. your mom, probably more so. Was your mom uh, at home and your dad working, or what did they do? No, my mom was a dental hygienist. Um, okay. So she didn't work full time, but she worked, you know, two, three days a week. Okay. My dad had an uh, oil and gas. He was an oil and gas jobber, which meant that he distributed mm-hmm. gasoline to these small. He drove the trucks. We drove the trucks some. I mean, because I rode, I would ride the trucks with him on Saturdays, huh. uh, and then work in the warehouse too. As I started growing up a little bit, um, like we're talking like eight, nine, ten, eleven, made two bucks an hour. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, and uh, so anyway, he drove trucks, but he would drive the trucks out, deliver the gas, drop it in these small mom and pop gas stations mm-hmm. that are today no longer in business, of yeah. course. Huh. And then he sold lubricants to manufacturing facilities. 
Was mm-hmm. he he was working for someone? No, he it was had his a, business. It was his business. Oh. Yeah, it was his business. Well, family of entrepreneurs, huh? I guess I learned some from him. Yeah, yeah, I learned some. Were you pretty close to them? My parents. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I um, have great memories. You know, of uh, being a child. Obviously, my brother and I were really close. Yeah, and uh, we kind of we kind of hung together. We when we moved out of the trailer, moved into a, our first house. We lived in the basement, uh, and so we hung out a lot. Yeah. Uh, of course, down there, and so yeah, we would um, very close. Hmm. What were they like? Like you know, I'm always interested because like obviously, it's two people get married. They're probably pretty different. And who they are, you know, and then they have kids and they're raising these kids. Yeah. And so like, how did each one of them, what were they like and how did they influence you? And who do you think you take after? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, my dad was kind of mild mannered. So, so my dad, uh, did a tour in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So he spent the first and, and you had to kind of, when you look at his life, really in my view, think about everything in that lens. Right. So the, he would not talk about it, mm-hmm. but he spent the first nine months on the ground. Wow. Like, yeah, Purple Hearts, whole deal. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. wow. And then the second, he, he called it a graduation into the chopper gunner. So he flew in a chopper. He was the gunner. Oh, wow. Because, you know, you don't, do not want to be on the ground. Yeah. That's a dangerous job, too, though. And they're flying a helicopter in Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you just held on to the gun. Just, yeah. You know, rolled it out. But crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Uh, so he never really talked about those experiences. So anyway, I say that to say this. That's what he was, right? War veteran. Mm-hmm. My mom was just a dental hygienist. Uh, pretty smart. Um, she was tough. She was not like, you know, she wasn't. I mean, like I saw these boys with the honey baby mamas and all that. That was not my mom. I mean, she would just, you know, she laid on the line for you. <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? So your dad was more chill. Dad way more chill. And your mom was more like, this is how it's hard ass. Oh, I really? Tell you, hard ass. Really? Yeah. She'd read the Bible with you. But then the other side of that would be if you got in trouble. Like one time I, I got caught doing something. She made me go out and replant, dig up 25 bushes. I mean, these things had root systems. These were like mature bushes. Dig them up and move them a foot because they weren't in a straight line in her opinion. I took 25 of those babies, man. I'm talking about two and three foot diameter holes. In the that ground. was your punishment? Hell yeah. I was digging for a while. It was brutal. So she was just kind of like that. Wow. You know what I mean? She would just kind of didn't care. Mm. She didn't. It wasn't, you know, whatever. We, uh, from the day one, we learned how to be pretty independent too. I mean, I've been doing like my own laundry since I was twelve. That was her deal. Oh yeah, like you're gonna wash your clothes. You're gonna wash your clothes. If you want something to eat, there's the refrigerator. <laughs> she, I like your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I mean, you learn how to you learn how to deal with the things. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, like she cooked on Sundays, yeah. and that was it. Huh. Uh, my dad would cook every now and then. He was more of a cook. He he kind of had a little bit of a kinder sweeter nature to him yeah. you know if you had a problem i tell you what i mean i broke my arm when i was seven and i remember my mom was like i don't think it's broke i mean i was screaming and finally the next morning i got up and i'm still i'm pain yeah. you know and she's like no nah, i don't think it's broke he took me to the hospital the next morning and uh and got it fixed and that's kind of the you know interesting yeah it's an anecdote to kind of huh. what they were wow. was. but there was you know they were good parents they were kind yeah we, always, we had everything we needed what uh so you look back on that. Your mom was tougher. Your dad was a little kinder, gentler. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think? How does that shape you? Who do you think you're? I mean, you probably have a little bit of both, right? But which sure. one do you think you would be more like? The one that I'm told that I'm like is more like my grandfather, that was the school mm-hmm. teacher. Really, I, I probably 
lean that way a little bit okay. in terms of the way I act. My mom's family, they're Irish. She was a Kennedy. Okay. So they're all Kennedys. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of business, a lot of business people, mm-hmm. even though my dad was in business, uh, I wouldn't say he, he did well, but he also struggled. You know, he worked mm-hmm. a lot and didn't, you know, got taken advantage of a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I remember he always railed against this one partner he had that kind of did him wrong. And I'm like, you know, from an early age, I was kind of like, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. anybody gets, gets one over on you. Yeah. You put that on them. You put that on your back on yourself, not, mm. not them. So, um, I would say my mom's side of the family, my, my paternal grand, my paternal grandfather. You think there's anything like if you look back on those early years, I don't want to talk about how you kind of moved into high school, but like those first years leading up to go, going to college, you know, born to 17, let's say, are there any specific memories or events or anything that you think particularly shaped you? good or bad like they they moved you towards bad decisions or they moved you towards good decisions or there anything that and you look back on it like yeah i remember this man it's like that made me think about this and i became i did this because of that mm-hmm. you know, i always knew we grew up on the wrong side of the tracks hmm. is one interesting thing and, or or i came from that assumption yeah and my mommy would kind of let you know i mean really like hmm. you know her and um she always wanted to you know, there was always a better life that, that you got this idea that, hey, somebody else has got you that you don't have. And, and we, I mean, you know, this, we come from the Carter community, right? It's a really great community, but it's, it's, um, it's tough. It's blue collar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not as wealthy as what you would see some other schools be. And, you know, some friends we have today. Yeah. Uh, I think that was probably a big, mm. you know, big deal. I mean, like if I remember one time I wore a collared shirt and it'd be like, you know, who do you think you are around here wearing that collared shirt? Huh. In school, yeah. I'm like, hell, I didn't even notice the shirt had a collar, <laughs> but I guess, I guess it does, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that mentality kind of existed hmm. uh, a little bit. So I'd say that. Um, you think it created almost like a a chip of like, I'm gonna figure out how to do better. That was a good lead. Uh, sure, it did. Of course, yeah. it did. Hmm. You know, uh, there's no question that um, the mindset, that mindset, almost like a dis a, dis- a disadvantage mindset, mm. whether we actually really were or weren't, yeah. uh, you know, developed, uh, and developed that menta- part of my mentality, Interesting, you know, but I, I, I say this to say that too. I mean, I made loans when I was 12 years old and charged interest and <laughs> sold bubble gum and I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I got up, if I got up and did something, I was always trying to charge you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. I mean, Outside of your grandfather, I mean, I know you played sports and stuff. So outside of your grandfather, was there in your, it sounds like your mom, I mean, it sounds like your mom, dad, and grandfather. Were there any particular people that really had a profound influence on you as you grew up? I mean, clearly the whole family unit, right, too. My, um, I would even watch my other grandfather had great work ethic. I mean, he worked all the way till he was 80, I mean, 85, literally until they just laid him down to die. He was still going at it and working wow. in what had become. Uh, some convenience stores that were owned by my by family, my father. You know, outside of my family, I would say it was probably uh, I had a couple of teachers in school uh, that were really helpful mm-hmm. as far as um, you know encouraging me and mm-hmm. being very encouraging. Uh, my my high school basketball coach mm-hmm. at the time that he coached us, uh, his name was Dick Campbell. Um, you know, he'd always he'd always just drive you. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, hard. Yeah, um, cussed a lot. 
<laughs> was Carter good at basketball? At the time, I don't know if we were good at basketball or not, <laughs> to be honest. I, uh, were we good at basketball? It's a relative term. Yeah. We thought we were good at basketball, yeah. you know. Uh, I, we were, I'd say average. I mean, yeah. you know. We we uh, I can't remember if we had a winning winning season or not, but mm. slightly. We we won our, we won our fair share of games. Yeah. But the but coaches that coach I remember man he would drive you. I mean, I liked him. I liked the tougher nosed. I liked the tougher nosed coaches. I liked that. I mean, I kind of had grown up around that. Yeah. We spoke straight and direct to each other in our house. Did you? Um, what sports did you play? Basketball and baseball. Okay. In high school. In high school. Okay. And. and you went on to play baseball in college for for a season. So, did was there any background to that? Like, did you was your dad an athlete? Your grandfather was this like something in your family, or were you like the first one to be like, oh, I'm gonna go do something more with it? No, we weren't really. I mean, my dad was always supportive, but I would tell you that he was all he was. You know, he, he was gone a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, you know, meaning he would be working or he would come home. I I remember being out and shooting basketball at eight nine o'clock, and he would roll up mm-hmm. uh, coming in from work. Uh, so, I mean, while supportive, I would not say this is any kind of thing in my family. It, I, and, and honestly, as a baseball player, I was just athletic. Mm. So I was athletic enough to be decent at it yeah. and make it to college. Right. Um, I would not, you know, today, if you know baseball, but you played baseball in college mm-hmm. and we've had taught to share that experience. I was just an athlete out there, just a- athleting it out. And mm. I, so I really got there just on physical skill. I would tell you, I never, as far as baseball, I never actually worked at it. In fact, I didn't even play in the summers when I was in high school. I just happened to be. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Really? No, I didn't. um, I don't don't remember what I was doing in the summers, but it wasn't playing baseball Hmm. until the last summer um, after I graduated. Hmm. And these guys said, "Hey, we need somebody to come up here and catch. Can you do it?" And I'm like, "Sure." And I caught two or three weekends and got an offer. I thought you were a pitcher. Oh, they converted me to a pitcher. Uh, Did they really? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, be a big guy for a catcher. I, well, I mean, I had Carter. Yeah, well, you, you just went wherever you had to go, you know. Yeah. So interesting. Um, what? Uh, so you you went to Carter. Why did you? And then evolving this a little bit. So you go to college. Did you just go to where you went to college because that's who gave you a baseball scholarship? Was that kind of the deal? Pretty much. Was it like I think I want to go to Georgia Georgia State, right? No, oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, 100 yeah, percent. No. So um, my my parents had had friends in Atlanta. So my parents' best friends lived in Atlanta. So okay. I, obviously we traveled down to Atlanta, New Atlanta. So Georgia State's in the middle of Atlanta. Um, and I was actually at the time making a decision to go play basketball at Walter State. Hmm. And so Did you like basketball better than baseball? Uh, yeah, well, that's all we played. You know, we didn't really we didn't actually play a lot of baseball. Um so I was gonna go I was think considering doing that, considering going to UT, um my um Man, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> need to feed me around here. I don't know. It's, 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 typically, we don't schedule them at lunch because we're hungry. <laughs> I wonder what the deal was with that. I'm like, are we actually do this 11-15? Macy, you're going to have some lunch. Maybe. Can we have some tacos? <laughs> um, so, I was going to do that. And then, like I said, I played a couple weekends. Uh, they were down Georgia State, strolled by, saw me throw a couple people out. Um you know, again, I was just a good athlete, hmm. and they they saw how I guess I was raw. Yeah, um, I couldn't hit. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't hit, so I, but I could throw. And so they, they I was throwing guys out that yeah. summer. Well, you're pretty tall too. I could see that as a college recruiter, probably like, hey, tall kids, live arm. We can teach them to. We can teach them to throw it down the middle. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so yeah. yeah, that's what they huh. got me there. That's probably that may have been their plan all along. Interesting. Um, Were they, you a good student in high school? Yes, you were. 
okay. I, I was a very good student. Was it easy though? Was it like you had to work at it or it was just like no, it was just easy? Like I just had a knack for it. I had a knack for it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I had a knack for it when I didn't have a knack for it. Um, my first accountant that was, uh, that I knew all the way from high school, her name was Leanne Lusby at the time, Leanne Hawkins today. She would uh, make, she had all the homework done. So after I got home from practice and whatever my curriculars were, extracurriculars, uh, I'd dri- ride my four wheeler over to her house, which is about a mile down the road, and go copy all our homework because <laughs> we were all in the same classes. We're yeah. in AP classes. Yeah. So we just go class, 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 right. like Leanne, and lay it out for me. And then I huh. always paid her a little money for it. Chipped in a little change. Always hustling. Always hustling. <laughs> well, you had to be efficient. That was efficient. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I was blessed in that regard, man. Very, very blessed, I would yeah. say. To huh. I was able to kind of get through school pretty efficiently, yeah. I would say. Huh. Hey, mm-hmm. One of the things I'm interested in as we talk about college and kind of moving forward is, and I don't want to jump right to this yet, but, you know, you mentioned in here, so it would be, you know, 2007. So you suffer from alcoholism. Yes. And so I'm curious, like, at what point did that start to thread into your life of like, I mean, I think we all like, I say, oh, I don't want to categorize this. I grew up, you know, in Florida in high school playing sports and drinking and partying became a part of life in high school and in college and afterwards and stuff. And so at what point did that start to enter into your life? Oh, dude, from the moment I did it. So I, I had grown up witnessing my father drinking way too hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I did, although what I didn't know because my mom would tell me that, hey, you come from generations of hard drinkers. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, I, I probably resentful of him, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. truly. Yeah. And is so your father isn't alive. No, my father, he actually drank himself to death when okay. he was 60, finally when he was 62. Mm-hmm. My mom had passed away and, um, when I was 30, he passed away when I was 34 mm. and he had, when she was gone, he got very lonely and just yeah. wiped okay. it out. Man, I, drinking was, it was nothing until it was everything. So was it like in high school you started drinking and it just kind of. 14, 17. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 14. Mm. Yeah. You grew up around it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, 14, I remember, uh, I wasn't going to drink. And then all of a sudden I was riding around with some buddies and they're like, oh, I drink a couple of beers. And of course I had a couple of beers and, Man, at that point, the the show was rolling. Mm. You know, it was like, who the hell wouldn't do this again? Was it zero to a hundred right away? Pretty close. Really? Oh, pretty okay. close. I remember being in high school drinking. I'd go around and I was at a party, and these I was at a beer, and so these guys would have ashes in the beer can and dump their cigarettes in. I'd drink it anyway. In high school, dude, I was committed as a man. I was very committed very early. Yeah. Uh, That's real committed. Yeah, real committed. Or problematic obviously there's something, <laughs> something something that was hitting it was problematic point. Yeah, yeah it was problematic in the high wow. school it's like wow man what's this guy right here he and there was some other guys i ran with that could drink like that you know what i'm saying i mean you didn't well, it's kind of probably like a badge of honor right in high school it's like oh, this is, he can shotgun a beer he'll drink the beer with the ashes in it and you know whatever yeah right? it was this like, guy'll do anything it's like it was like uh uh what's the thing movie uh animal house you know it was stuff like that just crazy Hundred percent. It was yeah. I was that guy, hmm. and so I, very early on, man, it started to shape things, and then um, it really started to shape things when I was in college. Did you even detect it was a problem, or was it just at that point just something you were doing? Well, you want to hear the irony of it is I went I actually uh, one morning. I never really drank much liquor, or whatever, in my mind, uh, and I 
got some lick hold of some liquor. I had to be play practice. I was I was uh, in theater, and I, I was in a play at three. This practice. is a, a Carter. This is a Carter. Okay. And then I had a baseball game at five. Okay. Well, I got a hold of some Bacardi, and by noon I was hammered. I'd been I started at ten o'clock, and so anyway, I missed play practice altogether because I'd passed out. I have no concept. I mean, I'm just drinking, you know, and uh, I have no concept of this going to be a problem. And then I go to the baseball game at five still drunk and so i'm back there catching batting practice <laughs> and it's like bam it's hitting me off the sh- i mean i can't catch it i mean it's, i'm sure yeah it's popping it's off motor, motor skills are pretty important to, <laughs> to sports motor skills <laughs> would be pretty important uh so anyway you know i mean i'm quickly trying to figure this out and so anyway i got suspended for two games in high school because he's and he get, said you you got an alcohol problem. they knew you were drunk they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. yeah, they figured it out. I'm sure, you know, it wasn't, I mean, probably smelled like it. It'll have probably smelled like, yeah, smelled yeah. like it. I mean, so, um, wow. Yeah. And I, I think it maybe, but I was, it wasn't a, wasn't anything that you were like, okay, this is an issue I need to deal with. Well, he point. said you didn't have a problem with alcohol. And I said, that's preposterous. Mm. I mean, but you didn't know your family history at that point. Oh, I knew my family history. You did. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's the thing that, that's the thing of having any kind of, uh, you know, that's the thing about being alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that's all you see. Mm-hmm. That's all you know. You know one road. Mm-hmm. You would not consider other roads. And alcohol is way too valuable at 17 years old, in yeah. my mind, to even consider that that might be an option. Right. You know, that, mm-hmm. I, that actually might be correct. Mm-hmm. You know, my view, I'm like, well, really, I just didn't know liquor would hit you that hard. Yeah. So lay wow. off the liquor. Mm-hmm. So you went to Georgia State. What was that experience like? Different, dude. I mean, I was... Carter boy from the country and went to downtown Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Different. Uh, very different. Yeah. Um, this would have been early nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. No, no, early nineties. 94, early, 93, early nineties, 91, 92, okay. 93. Yeah. Uh, early nineties. Oh, culture shock. I mean, straight up culture shock. Uh, all the, and I, plus two, I mean, I was in the middle of the baseball field, college baseball players. Mm-hmm. I was, I knew very little. I'd have played very few summers. Mm. I mean, I'm just kind of like this. I mean, I was a, Again, I, I don't say this the wrong way, but I mean, good, just good enough athlete to be on the field. Yeah. And but, um, but you mean in the respect, like all the ins and outs of baseball necessarily, you didn't know all those things. Oh, no idea. You didn't know like, hey, man on second, two outs or one out, ball gets hit to right field. This is what happens as the pitcher. I got to cover home. <laughs> like You didn't. Uh-uh. You didn't know anything. Not really. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I could throw it to second on my knees and I could throw about <laughs> anybody out. I mean. That was you all know, you knew. That's all I knew. And I okay. was, you know, I mean, I was, there was, I caught him. Mean, I was athletic enough where the ball wasn't going to get by me. Yeah. I was quick enough to move. I could catch okay. anything. I didn't have, you know, I had good enough hands to be able to stick whatever I needed to stick. Um, but in terms of knowing baseball and, you know, knowing that infielders were, mm. you know, 11 and a half inch gloves and outfielders were, outfielders <laughs> were 12 and anything like that. No, no, I didn't. I mean, just nothing. Did, did you enter all. as a catcher? I did enter as a you catcher. You did, okay. Yeah, I went as a catcher. Okay. They just knew I. And they, then they figured out you couldn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long, let me assure you. BP, they're like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> I had one good round of BP in like two years while I was there. They're like, really, man, when, you need to pitch. And I mean, just, we, 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 <laughs> we tried to fix your swing forever. Well, you know, good luck. I'm not smart enough to figure okay. that out. So. I went as a catcher. I actually caught the whole uh, my freshman year because I was defensively I was good, accomplished yeah. enough yeah. as a catcher to do it. And I hit right. like a, 
you know, I, I'd teeter on the Mendoza, but you're like I, Benito Santiago. You were good enough to be behind the plate, but you couldn't hit more the crowd. Dude, I was totally like Benito Santiago. You, yeah. you, nobody remembers Benito. Probably oh, listening to this, but you're not sitting on his butt all the time. He was amazing. I could do, I could do the yeah. Benito Santiago stuff. He hit about two fifty, maybe, yeah. maybe on a good. I, one. I wish I hit two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I could hit two fifty. I could get playing. I mean, if you hit two fifty now, you're an all-star but back then 250 was terrible they're phenomenal now man the yeah. amount of training that goes in and i mean you know i've talked about yeah. it multiple times but yeah so i was like that and so they're like there's a better use for, i'm tall you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's a better use for you on the pitcher's mound and hmm. so they moved me on the pitcher's mound and you know i could throw it up there yeah how many years were you in atlanta a couple of years two years you two played years. two years two and years. why why'd you leave what was the motivating factor to because you came back to knoxville right I didn't come back to Knoxville until I came back. What I mean by that is my freshman year, I stayed down there. You didn't come back that summer. You I stayed. did not come back my freshman okay. year. I stayed down in Atlanta, uh, played baseball down in Atlanta in, okay. a, in a league down there with a bunch of former pro guys. Okay. Um, you know, all these guys, they were taking cortisone shots before these games. I mean, you know, they're shooting their shoulders. I mean, I was like, what are y'all doing? Uh, and so – uh, that was one. Two was I'd injured my shoulder and never told anybody. I'd separated it. And in your freshman year? My going my sophomore going back into my sophomore year. Okay. I mean, I was eating like six, seven, eight Advil a game before mm. I'd even throw pain. And then the last part was when I came back uh summer of my sophomore year, I mean, honestly, man, my parents were just it was bad. My dad was in very bad shape. Mm. And so he had two or three convenience stores. Um as I told you, drank pretty heavy. Mm. You could just see the issues going on and the challenges mm. going on. And so at that time, I'm just like, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to get serious. Mm. I'd seen, I, I had a scout, you know, uh, on, they would come to practice and watch me play just because of the arm talent probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, again, I came from that mentality where I, I, I knew I needed to go to work. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be poor the rest of my life. And I did not, I mean, I assumed that I would be right. So I saw that and, and I'm like, forget this. Mm. I want to go and I want to go ahead and start working and, and doing my business and or, or trying to get through school and, you know, get a job and I want to make money. Do you, going back to your dad a little bit, do you think, uh, I mean, I think there's a stigmatism around Vietnam veterans and drinking. Mm-hmm. Is there any correlation there or is it just purely, this is like, this is historic family. Like this is just like all the men in my family, they drank. Sure. It's both is the answer to the question. Uh, you know, like you're talking about, man, every life experience shapes us, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I can't imagine, you know, what it was like to be on the ground for nine months in Vietnam, you know, yeah. Hiding in holes, digging holes, digging in trenches. Yeah. Watching your friends die. I mean, Mm -hmm. he watched all that. Uh, and then, and then the graduation was, you know, get up in the chopper and you be the gunner. Shoot people. Yeah, shoot people. Mm. I mean, and your job is mow them down. Yeah. I mean, you know, essentially. So that has to have an effect, mm. you know, brutal effect. Um, I think on top of that, you know, I think the I do think one of the biggest tragedies, and probably because of my history, uh, is that some of that stuff gets politicized mm. at all in any length. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. to me, that's despicable. But. Um, you know, it's probably because of what I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Part two of that is, sure, I think that it, I think it matters. I mean, you know, he, um, my grandfather drank like hard. His dad. His dad, yeah. Mm-hmm. His dad drank very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, um, and then, of course, my dad would, you know, be the same way. So I think it was both. 
I don't think it was in exclusive at all. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, not. You didn't say anything about this, but you, you did say your dad was the kinder, gentler version. So a lot of times when you hear about alcohol, you think that it becomes raging and stuff like that. It sounds like that wasn't his course. He was just more gentle. He didn't. It didn't turn him into a crazy man. No, he didn't. I, I had friends. I, I was aware of what that was. I had friends um, that their dads would be rough mm-hmm. uh, to say it nicely yeah uh, i mean you know we grew up blue collar atmosphere right yeah. so i mean that's just it was not it's not as refined mm-hmm. culturally as what you know uh some of the other areas of town I yeah would say. um but my dad was not he was huh. he was generally the console he just and he got i would say somewhat passive mm. he was a little more passive when he drank when he drank mm. mm-hmm. interesting yep wow. to my i mean the, i never saw anything that was you know yeah mean and he was not he was not mean to us and uh, again not to overly harp on alcoholism but that was primarily on your dad's side it didn't occur on your mom's side it was primarily on my dad's side. dad's side so you came back did you come back to work or did you come back to go to and enroll right at ut i did not actually worked um with your dad or were you just, I both i worked okay. and worked with my dad my dad had some convenience stores okay and so i went straight to work in there and um my brother and I actually, cause my, you know, again, my brother re-enters the picture because yeah. I'm back. He uh, stayed here. He didn't go off anywhere. It, he actually played baseball in college too. Hmm. So when he would come back, he would work. But Where then, did he go? And then he, he went to um, Cleveland State and then he went to Tusculum. Okay, cool. So, yes, yeah, I guess he, uh, you know, it's kind of the same deal, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, but yeah, I went to work. I worked uh, in those convenience stores and um, worked on my own and started my own business, you know. Kind of the landscaping, doing landscaping, cutting You're like yards. 20, 21 at this point, probably. 20. 20. Okay. Yeah, 20. Uh-huh. So you're just hustling at this point, trying to make money, help your family. Help my family, get through school, okay. you know, knock all that out. Um, and at some point you enrolled at UT. Enrolled at UT. Okay. Um, see, I think maybe, I'm thinking fall of 94, maybe spring of 94. Okay. I can't remember how long I took off, but I took I took some time off. Okay. So yeah, I re-enroll at UT. Um, I re-enroll at UT. Continue to work. So right. Th- so then it's just going to be you know I'm going to be working and making money and mm-hmm. you know doing what I need to do. Okay. And at some point, where does your first wife enter the picture? Not in these years. Oh yeah. No, no, for sure. No, for sure in these these years. No, for sure in these years. So you met her when you were a young man in college. I was. Yeah, we met at the library, Paul. You did the library. We met at the library. The lap. (laughs) (laughs) The lap was right next to the library, but that wasn't the library we told anybody about. We met at the library. The actual library where you got books, or the library that you partied at. There was an. There was a library where you got books. Well, some people showed up there. No, I'm just talking about the one where they were serving. <laughs> they, their yes, got it. Okay. That one. Yeah, Dollar right. Beers is okay. the library I'm speaking yeah. about. So that's where you guys met. <laughs> in college. In college. Okay. At the library. Okay. Yes. Right. At library and lab. Yeah. Of course, that was the. You know, that's where we went and hung out. Okay. Um, probably. When did we meet? Like we met. Like I turned 21, and I met her about 30 days later. And we were off and running to the races. We okay. had a great time together. And um, about nine months into that relationship, she was pregnant. Okay. Yep. And Got so it. that should not be a surprise. But uh, now I was at UT in college. So you were now a 21-year-old man, almost 22, with a baby on the way. 
I was unmarried. You weren't married, but you got married. We got married. You got married. Okay. We got married. Yep. All right. Got married in okay. uh, August of '95. She told me in June of '95 that she was pregnant. Pregnant. Okay. Yeah. And that's where our our other friend John comes in the picture. Little that, John. That's right. Yeah. He's not little man. But, you know, he. I don't know if you want to grown call man him. now. Yeah, he's a grown man now. Okay, so walk me through like you are married now with a child mm-hmm. still in college married with a child Did still you in college out east no oh, you didn't no okay. no, no you no. guys got a place at this point yeah so i left home when i was 17 i, I, I was young in school okay so i i'd uh when i graduated from high school i was 17 left home went to atlanta never came back okay really i mean i mean i was gone and i uh, had moved on and um we, I lived out west. We lived out west okay. and started raising him, and I got my first job. Uh, as soon as I graduated, I already had a couple of jobs lined you up. You got an accounting degree? I got an account. No, I got a finance degree. Finance degree. But okay. I got an accounting job. Okay. And um, Where'd you where'd you get your first job? It was called, what was it called? It sold to AMR, American Medical Response, but he called, we called it ProMed. Okay. So it was a small ambulance company. Okay. Um, Were you like a staff accountant or something? Basically. Or? Okay. Yeah. I was a staff accountant, but I was the accountant. I got like the number one, like. Fresh out of college. Fresh out of college. You're in charge. Yeah. Fresh out. Yeah. <laughs> they were crazy. Uh, they didn't have enough money to afford anybody else. Yeah. was the truth. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I loved it, you know. Mm. Um, I, I, I didn't love the detail part of being an accountant. Mm. Um, but I, I love the job. And so I, hmm. we were, and actually sold that company 18 months into it because it was, that industry was under consolidation. Yeah. So I got an opportunity to kind of lay, yeah, the M and a director hmm. for, uh, the AMR at the time, okay. which, uh, she actually went on to be the M and a director for, um, and I saw her the other day, uh, M and a director for uh, Ernst and Young. So I got oh, just wow. incredible experience wow. and had a blast. I was that guy had some challenges in his business and I went and negotiated some things that as a kinda, young guy with no experience, 22 years old, man, wow. I was in front of the, in the IRS's office working a deal out with him. Wow. Um, and you know, presented my case, had it all ready mm. and got it all knocked out, pay, got all that covered and taken care of. And, you know, he did some things on his end too, but, uh, obviously, I mean, you know, he, he, he worked and we got the bills paid off and, and then wow. they sold the company and mm. did really well with the sale. And again, behind the scenes, of all this, Partying, probably a little bit too much alcohol, married. Oh, raising dude, a son. I just, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I always tell the story um, in my, amongst my sober friends. I'm like, you know, at the moment I graduated from college, I'm working, I, I start working with this guy, but I went and I'm like, I'm going to quit drinking like this, you know. I'm you like, mentally were like, I got to stop doing this. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I drink. I mean, I could go hard. I mean, really, really hard. You know, I mean, I could start drinking at 12 o'clock and still be drinking at 12 o'clock and midnight. I mean, mm-hmm. I could just, I just had a knack for it, mm-hmm. you know. So That's a way I, to put it. So I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was the dude at the beer store at 258 uh, and the liquor store at 1058, uh, making sure, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but So you're thinking I'm going to stop. Yeah, I think I'm going to stop. I, I get. I, I remember getting this bottle of Crown Royal when I graduated from college. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink like these civilized people drink. I'm going to get one of these tumbler glasses, and I'm going to pour like two fingers worth of Crown in that glass with my That's college it. degree, yeah. and I'm done with this crap. Yeah. End, of the, mean, end of the day, yeah. civil. Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to drink cap. like a refined guy. Yeah. So I'd wake up the next morning and pass the bottle's gone. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just what it was. I yeah. mean, you know. You couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Mm. 
I couldn't stop then. I couldn't stop when I was 17 drinking those beers with cigarette ashes in it. Yeah. I couldn't stop what I'd learned how to do was just manage it. Wow. And and I wasn't doing that well. Yeah. But um So this is like 90 late 90s, 96 to 99 time frame. Yeah, 95 96. Okay. John's here, all the stuff is going on. This company sells like what's the what's happening? How do you transition like, you know, I know you like ARG staff source. Like you said you heard whole- some stories like you, you, because <clears throat> you've only known me really sober, right? Yes. You've heard, you said, I heard stories about you that you were absolutely wild. I did. <laughs> I don't remember many of them, but I remember. Well, thankfully you don't remember them. <laughs> At this point, I don't remember but, a lot of these. But there's a time frame, right? There's like late nineties and you're married. At some point you ended up divorced. You're still abusing alcohol at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Where, how does all the, can you just sort of walk us through up to like, take us through that time frame to whenever you start a business. I don't even know what that looks like. And then 2007 is when you started to get sober, right? 2007. Yeah. yeah. So can you, can you kind of thread that like eight or nine, 10 year needle for us a little bit? Like, is it possible to walk through, <laughs> to walk through that? Sure. That's so, a lot. It's a ton. No, yeah. it's a ton, man. 20, We'll crack them into we'll crack them into fives. All right. Okay. So twenty to twenty five, uh, John was born. I had I, I was drinking. Like I mean, but I could handle. I could I could physically. I could still go. I mean, okay. right? I could still wake up. I could still go. I mean, right. my, you know, I, I had I've got You're a like motor. a functioning alcoholic, basically. Yeah, functioning alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, I got a motor. I mean, I'm rolling. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I'd show up late, a little late to work, five minutes late. I didn't really realize how it was dragging me down. You know, okay. it was impacting me, but I didn't really know that. Okay. I mean, I'd just be like. Ah, this is just, and this is what people do, mm-hmm. you know, this is what normal people do. Uh, I knew it wasn't normal, but I mean, you know, this is just what I can get away with it. Um, so I did that. And then I transitioned from uh, the ambulance company sold, try to get, you know, they offered me a couple of jobs, said, no, I want to get into sales, got into sales, a uh, company called Robert Half at the mm-hmm. time. Met a guy by the name of John Gargas there. Uh, so I spent a couple of years at Half. John Gargas went and started a company. Mm-hmm. And said, "Hey, you want to come work for us?" And I'm like, "Well, and, you know, I was terror. I mean, I was, I mean, I was not fit for a corporate environment, really, mm-hmm. not because the drinking necessarily, just because I'm not the way you're wired. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I n- remember uh, they'd be like, this is the way we do things here, and I'd be like, that would not be the way that I would do things. <laughs> and by the way, this is not the way I do things here. Yeah, this is not <laughs> the way I do things here. And they'd be like." Well, this is the way we do things. I'm like, this is not the way I would do things. In fact, in six months, they're going to change it to late. I think they're going to be doing this. Mm. You know, I mean, just totally arrogant. Yeah. Uh, So I was not fit for a corporate environment. Did you go with John? Yeah, I did. did. Ultimately, I did. Well, he so he left and I said, well, what I want to do, I want to own my own business. I want to do my own thing. So if I can come here and be on that program, then. Yes. So this is like 25 to 30 time frame we're talking 26. about. 26. Okay. 26. Okay. Uh, getting divorced. So you are getting divorced. I'm getting now. divorced at the okay. same time. 26. Um, you know, uh, so obviously all sorts of interruptions where yeah. I'm working yeah. and uh, go with him, get out of that and go on. And then I basically negotiated the path to my own company. Hmm. And very, very quickly. What was the company that John went to do? Actually, I take that back, man. I was at 24, at 26, I'd started it. Okay. What, what was the company that John went to? They called it, it ITR. And I think Tim Campbell. Oh, Tim Campbell. Yeah, Tim yeah. Campbell. Yeah, Tim's still yeah. doing it today. I mean, okay. He's, yeah. you know, they got, he's got a great little company from, from what I know. I talked yeah. to him a few years. Yeah. But he's doing really, really well. Yeah, John okay. and Tim used to be partners. Yeah. 
Uh, I the, do remember that. Yeah. I mean, this is back in the early days. And you came to work for them. Came to work for with them. With a path to do it yourself. With a path to do it myself. Okay. So, enter the next recession, April 2000, 2001, 2002. Remember right. the crash? Yep. I mean, everybody's yep. making money in 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. It's hot. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yep. The, the bottom falls out. Mm-hmm. John Gargas, at that time, decides to exit and do something different, which opened the door up. And I just started my own company at that point. Okay. Tim and I shared off the space mm-hmm. uh, and did that for several years. And really, really good. Was stuff. that ARG? That was ARG. Okay. That was ARG. So ITR, you knew you want, because like, ITR was ARG. more technology. ITR was technology. Was that your all's agreement? I'll do accounting, you do technology. That was, that's how we won't step on each other's toes. That was the agreement. Okay. Yeah. So that was it. And we'll just share office expenses. And, and the idea for you was I'm going to, recruit and staff accountants that's correct that's my gig i did that and it wasn't and accountants was more like was it was it from executive cfo down to staff accountant or was it more at the staff accountant controller bookkeeper level much more at the you know much more at the controller level you know so this is like knoxville too right so knoxville was not as what i would term as mature Mm -hmm. at that point in 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 the business in the you know i mean i mean hadn't changed so much oh gosh yeah Yeah, it's crazy but um so not i mean a lot of accounting managers and controllers and if you had a job like over a hundred thousand dollars i i was in the network of that i mean i was on the beat of a lot of that yeah i I quickly moved into those roles but there were just very few of them Mm -hmm. so you know the bread and butter was senior accountants and Mm -hmm. and accounting managers and controllers and i would place those people and were you doing it yourself it was pretty much you were picking up the phone i like to drink i mean i'd go out to lunch and you know they'd be like well it didn't matter whether i was celebrating the day or not i was gonna have a couple of beers and Mm -hmm. so i did that and and uh you know here we go so i'll be I'd be off and running to the races. I don't want to hire anybody. Truly. So just you? Just me. Really? Yeah. How long I, How long was it just you? Let's see. Not not too long. Let's say two, three years. Well, that's a pretty good long time to go go it on your own. Two, three, yeah, two, three years. I'd go, almost gotten to the point where I was like 29 and still divorced. I mean, you didn't get remarried in this time frame. No, I did okay. not get remarried in that time frame. Okay. Um. Did not get remarried in that time frame now. Um, and I you're got, sharing time with John. Sharing time with John, working. You know, I always work. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't I don't even think of it as work. I mean, I just kind of like it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, it never really came across as work to mm-hmm. me. Um, but sharing time with John, just had a boat. Mm-hmm. and Fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. They had these parties out there. They would have these bands down at Calhoun's on the river. Yeah. Did you ever go to those parties? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were wild times, man, back in the 2000s and late as wildness. Mean, we yeah. had 25 boats hung around one boat and it looked like a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome first episode with John. And I want to go back to what I said in the intro. There is much more to John and his story than alcoholism. There's so much power in his story, so much power in his life and uh, the man he has become and the leader he's become. So make sure you pay attention and stay tuned for episode two coming up.